welcome to the 66th roundup of the PPC Chat Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu. I'm the founder, founder even, of MindSwan, a company through which I aim to share my ideas about paid search, um, especially automation and, like, you know, writing scripts and implementing them, um, paid media, and my passion for doing digital reporting well through a tool that is already on everybody's laptop. Yes, that's right. It's Microsoft Excel. So if you want a free consultancy about what I can do for you in regards to paid media, implementing scripts, or even cutting your spend down on your data analysis tool, just send me a message at hello at mindswan.com or get to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram with the handle mindswanppc. So in this week, we have, um, in this episode even, we have Amy Bishop leading us in a topic on Facebook advertising, so Facebook ads. And um, yeah, this is one where a lot of people have quite a few grumbles about it. I just spoke to um, a really good colleague of mine who's like, yeah, who's always like specialized in Facebook. And he took a break from it, went to paid search, went back into it and still felt that, you know, after years of even leaving Facebook behind, um, they have not really improved a lot much more so yeah let's hope that we've got some experts here that can give us some great tips to get around all these you know pain points that Facebook seem to give us so Amy then starts off with the first question one going do you have a favorite or go-to Facebook objective part one if yes which one and why part two is coming for anyone whose answer is no so yes if you have a favorite or go-to this part one is to tell us which ones that you actually like and why. Amy Bishop, their replies going, I can't say that I have a favorite. I use different objectives for different things. Admittedly, I probably use the conversion, leads ads, or catalog sales objectives most frequently, but often in conjunction with other objectives. So um, yeah, we've got um, Ryan Bennion replying to question one saying, I love conversations as the best objectives or conversions even sorry conversions as the best objectives i feel like that and website clicks my are my favorite because i can do a lot of things with them my third favorite is video views because of the way you can customize the audiences in facebook by percentages of views to retarget your message l chase replies to question one saying most of my clients either want one sales or two leads so those are my go-to favorites by default um, yeah, we've then got um, Julia Vice, or it rhymes with eyes, going, um, yes, I'm a conversions gal, so I'm into store visits and site conversions, but I also like video views, then retarget the um, SV or conversion campaigns to those who saw 50% plus of the videos. We then have Mark Gustafson replying to question one saying, if I had to only run one, I'd say conversion. You have a lot of flexibility to optimize for different events, purchase, ATC, view content lead, catalog sales, lead forms, and event responses have their place, but are much more circumstance or industry specific. Sam Kesenek replies to question one saying, conversions. I like website traffic. Um, Two, I've also been using video views more recently for qualifying audiences. Just depends on what stage of the funnel we're at. Gil Davis replies to question one saying it has to be conversions. 95% of the time, the best option, even without a ton of existing data, is the account. I'm allergic to traffic, particularly top of funnel. Julie Bicini replies to question one saying objectives can really vary based on what the client is trying to do. Some, um, some that work well for client A 
don't work for client B and vice versa, but I do a lot with traffic. Dwayne Brown then chips in with his answer to question one, saying, I find con works the best for our e-com clients, so that's conversions, but I always test traffic to make sure a client is not the exception. Um, Julia Vice replies to question one, then saying, runner up, app installs, it's not as good as other platforms, but it works. Um, then we've got, um, yeah, Ryan Bennion replied to question one, saying, I think that both get both get traffic to your site, which allows for retargeting. This is great when you don't have an amazing funnel as well and are working for customer acquisition at the lowest cost. Haley Dixon then replies to a question one saying, I usually get the best results from conversion right now, but as we build out more top of funnel content, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with traffic as an objective teamed with a solid remarketing campaign. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Michael Fleming replying to question one, saying, not sure anyone has mentioned reach, but I'd like to use it to keep my remarketing audiences warm, so I'm not always hitting them with a lead ad. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Amy Bishop replying to that, saying, I also like reach for remarketing existing leads to keep them engaged or warm while they are in the pipeline. So, yeah, to going, on, going on to question two, and she did hint to what that question two was already going to be. No surprise, it seems like conversion is the most frequently used. But for those that don't have a favorite or go to fa Facebook objectives, how do you decide which to use and when? So for those who don't have a go to Facebook objective, how do you decide which to use and when? We've got Amy Bishop then also then giving her answer to question two, saying, I typically build out conversion parts, some longer than others, depending on if education, nurturing is required. The objectives and content I use are dependent on the goal of the campaign and the client's other resources, content, assets, email programs, etc. Ryan Bennion replies to, to question two and say, this is the part where I apply my listening skills because I contributed to the first questions. And um, he puts a gift, attaches a gift gear that's going, it feels like forever. Zach Steele replies to question two saying, I like to work back from conversions. Where do I need view content, engagement, add to cart, etc." This usually helps me understand where I can go with the budget that I have. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Amy also replied to question two saying, all the talk of video views, I use video views um, campaigns frequently because it's a great way to build really inexpensive remarketing pool and drive traffic at a low cost, often even less expensive than traffic campaigns. They can convert really well too. Then in reply to question two, we've got um, Julia Weiss going, based on campaign objectives, but I like to test um, RF versus auction or traffic versus conversion where I can. I'm trying to think of what RF stands for. So if you know, please let me know. Um, yeah. And then we've got um, L Chase replying to question two saying, I base the metrics on one, what my clients have set as a goal, two, where we are start mid mature campaign, and three, what other metrics support that goal, rich views, reach views, etc. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Amy going on saying that sometimes when I test objectives, I find the results are surprising. For instance, my video views campaign targeted the same audience with the same ads and drove cheaper traffic than the traffic campaign, plus a remarketing pool of video viewers that didn't click. And then we've got Amy going on to question three, and she goes, um, when you set up accounts, do you have a particular account structure that you typically follow? 
But before we get to our answers to question three, we've got Julie giving her answer to question um, two, saying, if you're not doing e-com, then I think that what we're trying to make happen with the campaign and pick an objective that matches that most closely also depends on what's available at that stage. Then going on to question, um, the answer to question three, we've got Amy Bishop going, I segment based on prospects, brand awareness, um, or new to us or haven't engaged, lightly engaged, heavily engaged, and have purchased, depending upon the size of account or amount of data. I sometimes segment campaigns further, but typically not until I have the performance data. Should I read that again? Because um, I don't know if like it, all the different segments, like commas and, and pauses actually made sense there. So she goes, I segment based on prospect brand awareness, um, so that's colon, new to us, or haven't engaged, then um, as semicolon, she then goes on lightly engaged, um, and then semicolon, heavily engaged, and semicolon, um, and have purchased, depending upon the size of account or amount of data. I sometimes segment campaigns further, but typically not until I have the performance data. Then we have Ryan um, Benyon replying to question three saying, hard to answer because each account is different. Half the accounts I start working with haven't even set up pixels and have been running Facebook ads without them, mind blown. Start small with optimizing pixels, then build out them um, there to acquire traffic leads, conversions, etc. Um, and then Mark Gustafson goes, basic funnel template, cold traffic, interest, lookalike, non-cookie remarketing, video view engagement, cookie remarketing, site visitors, VC, ATC, past purchases. So say that again, cold traffic, um, colon, interest, lookalike, non-cookie remarketing, colon, video view engagement, cookie remarketing, colon, site visitors. Um, I think there'll be video views and... Um, the ATC, I think I saw that somewhere earlier on. Um, but yeah, if I remember that, I'll make sure to remember uh, to say to you guys, past purchases. Amy Bishop then replies to question three, saying, if budget allows, I try remarket high funnel campaigns with lower funnel direct responses, objectives as closers, as closers, save money on initial interaction and focus on the bottom of funnel budget on the most qualified traffic. Dwayne Brown then replies to question three saying, love or hate CBO, it works, um, it does work great for DPA campaigns, I find. Loads of acronyms today. I like to break out DPN and Instagram stories in their own campaigns. Beyond that, I like to see purchase and prospecting based on how I plan to make stuff. Um, LTS replies to question three saying, it really depends on the market. I usually like to segment based on client objectives, purchases, engaged brand building, brand building, etc. Um, and he, yeah, in Bishop replies to um, Mark Gustafson going, great list, I would add, depending on the client, whether they like the page or visited any other high value pages. And then we've got Ryan Bennion then continuing to question, his answer to question three saying, quick example, a brand I'm working with wasn't excluding leads they had already acquired. So they were wasting two to three thousand um, thousand pounds 
sorry, two to three thousand dollars per campaign. Simple exclusions have allowed us to acquire users as, at lower cost and reach new users without wasting spend on current users. Zach Stu replies to question three, saying, "Don't get complicated for sake of structure. Acquisition retargeting campaigns then add more as needed. Each client or company is different, but Facebook is wanting smaller, more concise campaigns." And then Sam Kesenik replies to question three, saying, "Typically." Typically, three tiers. One, brand building or never engaged before. Two, somewhat engaged and 5% video view page visits, post interactions, for example. Three, remarketing navigated site, ATC purchased previously. This can obviously get much more complicated than, than first thought. And then you've got Julie Bicini replying to question three, going, I tend to view Facebook advertising as the new print advertising. So my thinking is often based on repeated messaging, though not the same ad, to build brand awareness and affinity. More salesy, salesy ads come later. Exception is custom audiences from client. Then Amy goes on to question four, saying, has the impending transition to CBO changed the way that you structure your campaigns? So what I've decided coming from um, now that I see that there are loads of acronyms there, I'll make sure I give a key of what all the different acronyms are um, when I write it in the description so that you know what we're talking about as we go along. And then we've got Amy Bishop then replying to question four saying, not yet, have been using, I've been using CBO more frequently in recent launches as preparation, but I haven't started creating single ad set campaigns, um, SASCs even, by default yet. I have broken a few out after monitoring performance and noticing some weren't getting their dues though. Um, yeah, and then um, Julia Vice replies to question four saying, yes, now instead of one campaign with market level equals funding comes form, ad set, now I have to do several campaigns per campaign per market. It's so efficient. So several campaigns per market is what, is what Julia Vice um, recommends. Timothy Jensen then replies to question four saying, been starting to try to get in the habit of breaking out audiences by campaign where I previously would have been fine with them being in separate ad sets with the same campaign. Zach Stu replies to question four saying, CBO is a beast. I have learned that size of audiences plays a huge, huge part in how much daily budgets it gets. Overall, I'm finding more success with ad set budgets. Overall, less audiences, more campaigns. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, Haley Dixon actually going on to an answer to question four, question three, saying cold audiences, testing, interest targeting, smaller audience sizes, 10-ish ad sets, scaling, combine the interest that worked in the test phase, larger audience sizes, three-ish ad sets, bigger daily budgets, and use CBO at this point, and of course, remarketing always. Stephanie Ernie then comes into the conversation with um, her answer to question four saying, no, not yet. I just use the same approach as with Google ads, split it up when you want to control your budgets more specifically. And then we've got Gil David then replying to question three saying top of funnel conversions, top of funnel video views, PPE, middle of funnel if applicable, bottom of funnel conversions, category sales, ads lab conversions, creative testing, ads bank conversions, build all original ads. Dwayne Brown replies to question um, four saying totes, try to keep campaigns dedicated to topic or targeting while making sure audiences' sizes are similar. Now I have more campaigns, but maybe that is not 
bad. Julia, um, Julia Bicini replies to question four saying, and when I have finally got my brain not fighting me on sub-campaign budgets levels in Facebook, I have to unlearn that thinking and go back to what should be more familiar campaign level budget, except isn't quite like Google Ads. And then we've got Amy Bishop going on to question five saying, when you structure your ad sets, how segmented do you typically start with your ad sets? Do you segment ad sets by platform, device, and or placement by default? Um, but Jesse Samchak goes on to give an answer to question four first, saying, starting to put test audiences in a related CBO and then break out the winners, the always on video prospecting audiences get their own campaigns. Otherwise, an up and comer can still budget from the core audiences you always want to run. Mark Gustafson reprised question four, saying, so it did, and then they pushed it out. However, now I always start testing with CBO and will use spend limits if I need to force traffic. Throw three interest categories in a CBO, find a winner, and then test ad set budgets. Um, and then, yeah, we've got um, yeah Julia Vice replying to question five, saying, um, usually it's campaign ob objective, then audience name in ad set names, sometimes city or region if needed, definitely not by device, that's too much. Gil David then does give an, gives an answer to question four, saying not, not yet, apart from me trying to every few weeks to see if it'll work in an account, but scaling one new thing that can work if an ad set hasn't done well in ABO is deduping if four times, it deduping it four or five times into a CBO at around $300 a day and letting it ride for three days before doing anything with it. Um, and then we've got um, Ryan Bennion replying to question four saying it has made me make a smaller, more focused campaign to see results quicker and then expand the budget in the next campaign. I try to think of it as a quick A-B testing. Then we've got a response um, from Timothy Jensen about question five. Going generally thinking about segmentation by audience categories, I tend to wait to break out by device or platform or placement until the data justifies it. Depends on the campaign, though. Sometimes go in more granular upfront based on your prior data, creative, etc. Um, yeah, Amy Bishop then replies to um, Gil where he... Um, where he does answer to question four saying, interesting. So instead of cranking the ABO, you're switching it to CBO and cranking that budget. Is that the only ad set in the campaign or is the campaign performance good enough that particular ad set doesn't have to absorb all the budget? Um, Gil David in reply to quite that saying, I still, I'll still V-scale the ABO up, up um, to 20% a day. But, by more, but be more aggressive with the CBO. If I duped the original five times after two to three days, there's usually one of two obvious candidates to kill, which leaves around three good ad sets to run. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Haley Dixon replying to question 14. At the moment, I'm only putting winning interest into CBO campaigns. That'll change when CBO is my only option. I've also seen that fewer ad sets with larger audience sizes in them tend to do better too many ad sets in one CBO campaign seems to throw things off. 
Now, we've got Julie Bicini replying to question five, saying, I generally don't go to granular platform device, etc. at the beginning. Um, and then we've got um, Jim Banks replying to question four, um, saying, we've been completely CBO for some time. We trust Facebook to understand the best way to distribute budget and optimize performance. And it's been plain sailing ever since we did. Our mantra is to keep it simple and CBO is equals to simple. Um, and then, yeah, we've got Ryan Bennion replying to question five, saying different across clients because some know their audience, others don't. For those that know, I target by broad interests, but really nailed the demos of that buyer persona, i.e. male, female, age range interests. Haven't had large enough ads ad spend to segment more than that. Dwayne Brown replies to question five, saying with the new Facebook mobile news feeds and ad size, Breaking out by channel, Facebook versus Instagram may make even less sense starting next week. Um, Jesse Samchak replies to question five, saying campaign number codings three, two, one, zero for different parts of the funnel and goal. Ad set naming by ad, ad type, audience, placement, and location. Instagram stories always get their own ad set. Splitting out IG feeds from Facebook feed depends on the ad unit. Sam Kazanek replies to question five, saying typically break out by objective and interest or targeting, not really by device or platform. I would, I could see that changing though, if we notice something outperforming, outperforming though. Amy Bishop replies to question five, saying if the account is big enough to to where there will be enough data. I like to segment by device or platform or placement, but if there isn't enough data, then I keep things combined to give Facebook enough data to make decisions. Why is it that you need to, if you split things out, Facebook is not gonna make, give enough, um, give you enough um, information from what you're doing. Yeah, that is, that is something that's quite confusing and really doesn't matter with um, Google Ads because the more you split out, the more structured you are, the better the performance is. Anyway, so Marcus Tufson replies, I'm moving away from segmentation. I'm bought into the account simplification, lowers my required bandwidth, lower CPMs. With the 50 conversions a week recommendation, I'm getting a lot broader. This is admittedly tougher for SMBs. Jim Banks replies to question five saying, we like to segment by age or gender, even though it's splitting a bigger audience. We find that age or gender can impact significantly performance and we can play with ads and talk better to audiences that are 25 to 34 um, females versus 25 plus all genders. Amy Bishop replies to question five saying it's absolutely worth breaking stories out in my opinion as they perform much differently and setting up different story where the creative is imperative. And then Amy goes on to question six saying what's your favorite way to identify interest targets? And with an answer to that, Amy goes, lookalikes of high-value audiences times 10,000. But in addition to that, building out personas and using the audience insights tool to help flesh them out is a great way to identify targets. And in, in to answer to question six, we've got Zach Steer replying, saying, audience insights, even though Facebook has taken away some of its functionality, I still use it regularly to help me build out audiences, identifying age, gender, marital status, professions, locations. It is a gold mine when you are not sure where to start. 
Julie Bettini replies to question six, saying lookalikes are hands down the most powerful thing Facebook ads does. In all marketing, we always want to find more people that are just like our good customers. Facebook has the ability to actually do it if you have a good source list. Um, and then, yeah, we've got, um, yeah, Haley Dixon replying to um, question six, saying love audience insights. Um, Gil David replies to question five, saying I usually start with all, then segment based on performance. For certain brands, separating a middle of funnel out and using more personalized messaging makes a lot of sense. Always good to test stories on their own, too. Ryan Bennion replies to question six, saying be market specific, but using Facebook or Instagram Insights too, if you're advertising someone in New York City that's interested in baseball, you probably can't go by just baseball. You have the Yankees, Mets, Blue Jays, Red Sox fans, all in the same area, need to get more specific. Amy Bishop replies to question 16, I'm also a fan of Facebook suggestions for targeting. It's a great way to branch into new interests that you might not have thought of. Um, and then, yeah, Jim Banks replies to question six, going use a tool like Connectio or the Facebook Graph API. And then we've got um, Jill David replying to question six, saying, apart from the tons of different um, lookalike um, audiences that you can create, digging around audience insights for half an hour, you can get some useful data. I also get suggestions from the clients as part of the onboarding process. Key is to always validate by the data. Amy Bishop then goes on to question seven, saying, what's a strategy you tried or test you ran? Could be anything, bidding, creative structure, targeting, etc., that was either wildly successful or that was a big learning opportunity. Amy replies to question seven, saying, a strategy that worked really well that I use frequently now was to set up an engagement campaign using a custom audience to target only happy customers to drive a bunch of engagement or comments and then use that ad ID in prospecting campaigns. Um, then, yeah, Mark Gustafson replies to question six, saying one, audience insights on page likes, two, GA data, three, client brain dumped, four, look at post-engaged profiles and get an idea who they are and if they are trends. This is very unscientific, I know. <laughs> Wish I had Cambridge Analytica scraping ability. Ooh. Just recently watched The Great Hack. I do not know about that. Stephanie Ernie replies to question six, going, I tend to lead with common sense generated by target group insights the client has themselves first. Later, and if available, throw in some data we got from Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, or other platforms that give some audience insights. Jesse Samchaka replies to question six, saying the insights I get from the brand Instagram accounts through Facebook analytics are two, what else are our influencers into and what brands are hitting them up with deals? Three, your external sales teams are an amazing asset for learning about your customers. Um, and then, yeah, Zach Stu then goes on to answer question seven, saying had a client who had audiences kept Failing, I pulled a list of all their audience. I used, used a heat map program online that plotted them for me. From what I created, custom audiences for just those locations per state had amazing success for about three months. And then in answer to question seven, we've got Dwayne Brown going with a Canadian e-com client. The huge difference in audience performance with customer emails versus purchase pixel. My mind says they should perform similar. Facebook has the latter shatter 
the form like nothing. Um, sorry, Facebook has the latter shattered the former like nothing I have seen. And so Amy goes on to question eight, but um, which is the last question for um, our chat, but we will give some answers to some of the previous questions as well. Um, but for question eight, she goes, if you could give your one, give your top one or two best tips on Facebook ads, what would they be? Um, but Stephanie Ernie gives an answer to question seven, saying pinpoint very specific areas where you know people that are visiting the area are top of funnel. Example, people visiting the area where their new house is being built as part of a house development project for advertising for gardeners or home decorating services. Mark Gustafson replies to question seven, saying if your client does events, get in on that in all caps. Help them short term and build audiences long term. Event responses, retargeting to order page for the win. Um, and then, yeah, Amy replies to question eight, saying try not to over segment if ad gets are, if ad sets are small and don't drive many conversions, try optimizing towards a micro-conversion in order to fuel your bidding strategy with enough data and monitor the impact on lower funnel conversions and remarkets. Stephanie Ernie replies to question eight, saying, be as creative and inventive as you can in targeting and content. This creates the most fun and quality campaigns. Mark Gustafson replies to question eight, saying, if you have something segmented, you better have specific creative to complement it. Creative is probably the largest lever we have. Segmenting audiences without tailoring, tailoring creative is half arsing it. Julie Bacini replies to question 18, find your own best practices and understand they may vary by account. Learn from others and don't be afraid to ask others for help or insights. We can save you pain and frustrations if we've been there already. Timothy Jensen replies to question 18, get the pixel installed on your site and track any core actions that you can identify. Um, Julie replies to question 8 again, saying don't underestimate how much creative you need ready to go when you start running campaigns. Ryan Bennion also then replies to question eight saying the key to learning from Facebook ads is testing every damn day. The second is doing things um, you know, <laughs> sorry. The second is don't think you know everything, constantly ask people for help or participate in these chats. You learn so much from other people and it gives you ideas on what you should be testing. So, and um, actually, yeah, no, a couple of more. Um, Zach Steele replies to question eight, saying spend time in the audience section, build out saved, custom lookalikes. Facebook is constantly changing and offering new things. Second, learn and use Facebook rules as you can set them up as notification emails in the morning. Um, Mickey Maria replies to question eight, saying use standard and custom events to track every significant action on your website, landing page to, uh, um, oh, sorry, Use standard and custom events to track every significant action on your website or landing page to fuel the pixel. And yeah, Amy Adair also replies saying, don't forget to test different objectives and get creative with how you use them. You might be surprised. So yes, I think those are 
most of our answers for today. But um, actually, another one from Jesse Samchak going, having a big ego in digital will make you weak, make you a weaker marketer. Share ideas, learn, and ask for help from smart people. Hint, it's not you. Make creative teams part of the process, even if it means you run some duds to get them excited about learnings. So yes, this is where I'll complete it for now. No more question aids, although they were amazing and loads of tips there to get you started or get you being an expert on the Facebook ads campaigns that you already have running. So I hope you found this week's talk very useful and took some great takeaways. My favorite is one that really matched up something that um, a very good Facebook ads colleague has just told me where it was... Um, Amy's advice on, you know, not being too um, targeted with how you're actually, um, what we call it, doing um, segmenting, so not over-segment. If ad sets are small and don't drive many conversions, try optimizing towards a micro-conversion in, in order to fuel your bidding strategy. So it's a big thing about trying to making sure that you're your bidding strategy learns properly and you can actually hit that 50 conversions let's say in the past was it in the past 30 days or is it in all time before it actually starts learning on actually bidding properly so yeah hope you've enjoyed this chat hope you've taken a lot of takeaways hope you've been writing or typing furiously to take down notes on um, what you can now implement um, yeah and if you want to chat about this topic or any paid media or data analysis solution do get in touch with me um, by sending me an email at hello at mindswant.com. And remember, for your campaigns or businesses to guide smoothly, there's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye.